Hello and welcome to Aisha Presents with me, Aisha Nabi. In this episode, we will be exploring the many ways in which body image affects the way men see themselves. I'll be talking to Leo Parry, who is a fitness coach based in the seaside town of Leon C. He's been in the fitness industry now for six years. Growing up, Leo was a person that yo-yoed with his weight, fat to slim, slim to fat, and back again. However, he's now in a position to help others in a way he was never helped when he was younger. Over the years, Leo has transitioned from your PT into a full fitness coach that covers a lot more than just how to have a killer workout. He helps people change their bodies and mindset for the better and sometimes takes them through a full journey that ends up demonstrating their incredible transformation by doing a professional photo shoot. If you or anyone you know are affected by any of the issues raised, please click on the links in the episode's description for further advice and support. It's good to talk. This series is sponsored by Arima CBD Oils, which many people have found helpful in alleviating the symptoms of physical pain and anxiety. Arima have an extensive range of CBD oils in varying strengths. Their researchers have extracted pure hemp oil from organically grown cannabis plants without using harmful chemicals. All of their products are manufactured and tested in the UK in a strict and methodical environment, making Arima CBD amongst the purest on the market. Visit www.arima.co.uk to make your purchase. If you use my code AISHA10, you will receive 10% off on all your orders. I'm joined now with Leo. Thank you so much, Leo, for coming on today. You're welcome. It's so nice to have you on. So tell me a bit about yourself and your journey with mental health and how you got into personal training. Okay, where do we begin? So I think, I don't know the exact age it all began, but it was definitely... I'd probably say 10 and 11, maybe even 12, something along the lines of that, where you start to be aware of who you are becoming. Yeah, it's puberty right. age, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Before that, obviously, you're, you are just a young boy, but then you become, you sort of transition into that, that early adolescence and you start to be aware of social situations when you're at school and out with friends and whatnot. And you sort of realise that, well, back in the day, you know, now I'm 29 years old, it definitely is back in the day, uh, that there's a lot of people that, are shall we say more in shape than I was yeah I, I seem to feel like I was one of only a few that had that stomach or had let's say the man boobs or the love handles yeah clothes didn't fit me that well I just felt a little bit lethargic and I never had that confidence when I was surrounded by people that I wish I had mm. and you start the question what is it right because my mum and dad if they're not overweight sisters aren't overweight we never had a a bad cupboard in the house there's none of that right yeah. it wasn't like we had sugary foods or anything like that so you sort of think what's wrong with you like you well, kind yeah, of question think, yourself yeah, don't like, you but you're so young you don't actually understand you don't have the your brain can't process things in the same way it can now obviously mm-hmm. as you get older so i remember growing through going through my teens and like you said yo-yoing in between fat to slim slim to fat um, right the way through my teens and then i decided to do a ski season which mm-hmm. is my love love skiing Went away, uh, came back arguably in in the worst shape I've ever been. This was was about 23 at the time, I think. Yeah. Um, Came back, had nothing to do in regards to work, and it was like, right, let's just go to the gym. So I was going to the gym with my cousin at the time, five days a week, and 
I remember that I wasn't eating a lot. I was being very mindful just not to eat a lot of food. I didn't yeah. really understand anything about calories or macros and the roles they play within the body. But I was just moving at the gym and not eating a lot. Then after the, sort of that summer, I remember, you know, I, I, sh- I lost X amount. I don't know because I never weighed myself. It was definitely a few stone. Yeah. And my sister at the time, Phoebe, just said, why don't you become a personal trainer? You, you spend so much time in the gym. Yeah. Why are you not thinking about earning some money while you're there? And I remember saying, oh, don't be so stupid. Like, <laughs> I can't do that. Like, I'm chubby Leo, right? Before you know it, about 10 weeks or so later, I was qualified and I had my first job working at David Lloyd South End. Oh, wow. So I qualified in my level two first, which is like your gym instructor. That gives you the ability to be on the gym floor, but you can't actually like one-to-one personal train people. So I did my second, uh, my third qualification while I was at David Lloyd. And I was at David Lloyd for around a year. Yeah. I felt that I grew out of it quite quickly. Uh, and then I've been self-employed ever since, going from, you know, starting working out of my car, meeting people in the parks, down the beach, just with sort of boot camp style training. And then my love for physique development really started to grow. A big part to do with social media, however... Was it a motivational thing? Do you know when you started to notice you lost a few pounds? Mm -hmm. Was that the motivation point, like the light bulb moment where you're like, yes, I'm going to keep doing this and help other people? Did that give you some, some sort of gratification when you were helping others like achieve the kind of like ideal weight that they wanted to have. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it gave me confidence that I didn't have beforehand, mm. but I didn't know how I did it. Yeah. I, I, I knew I exercised and I knew that I ate less, but I don't actually know why it worked. Yeah. It's like how you actually lose fat and build muscle and, and have that physique that we all want. I yeah. didn't under, so, and, that, and that's the thing. You have to have clarity on what you're doing. Yeah. Right? So even in the first few years of being a personal trainer, it's very interesting that I can sit back here now and be completely honest. I didn't have that much understanding about the nitty gritty of how it actually happens. Mm-hmm. It was just, let's just do this, let's do that, and then we'll see how things go. But then you sort of, you know, as, as, as the years go on and, and, and you learn and you, you move and you, you grow, you then become who you are today. Would you say when you were younger, before you like knew about the gym and everything, did, would you say your mental health was quite like low? Would you say you were in a kind of like vulnerable position with your mindset and how you perceived yourself to be it's really interesting because i knew i was upset Mm. most days uh but it's only now i'm at the age of 29 over the last few years where i really feel like i've actually finally (laughs) properly matured and you understand where it came from exactly the clarity and everything like that i was saying before that yes a massive massive part of my teenage years and early to mid-twenties, I wouldn't say depressed is the right word to use, yeah. but that, that that body image was played a massive, massive role yeah. on how I thought about like myself Like your confidence as well. Yeah. I remember going, not going to the beach on in the summer for friends' birthdays because it was the anxiety of, they're all going to get in the sea at some point. Yeah. I've, I, I'm not going to get in the sea with my top off, so... They're going to question me why I'm not doing that. So I'm just not going to go. Well, I'll go later for drinks yeah. once the sea's gone back out, the tide's gone out. Like yeah. not going swimming, like not joining in in the things that you just want to join in. It's sad because like obviously when you're a kid, you you put yourself in that position because you, you feel left out. But it's only because you don't feel confident enough to join in. Exactly. And no, the thing is, no one really cares about 
yeah. how you look, really. Unless you are, like, dangerously overweight. No one really cares. Mm. It's just, you know, oh, Leo Leo had a bit more fat than we did. Yeah. But it's how it makes you feel, you feel. as an individual. And exactly. you do feel singled out, which is a big part. It's all about being comfortable in your skin. If you don't feel comfortable, then you feel it. Mm-hmm. There are times when I feel like, oh, God, I don't want to wear that because I don't feel comfortable. But then other people be like, oh, no, but you look great in that. Because you see something different to how they see it. Exactly. Your own individualised look upon yourself is the most damaging thing that you can have. It actually leads me to my next question. Let's go. When we think of self-image, most people automatically assume it's a women's issue due to societal pressures, including social and traditional media. There is so much pressure for women to conform to the body beautiful or abstract ideas about what constitutes the ideal or desirable body to have. What is often not discussed is the body image issues that young men face through similar pressures. What are your thoughts on this? It's overlooked. Mm. It is overlooked. I was going to say, because it's a, when you say body image issues in social media, you automatically... I know everyone always thinks, oh, women... Well, I think men... But it's, it's true for men I think men, men can hide it better. Yeah. Right? So there's two sayings. We want to look good in our clothes. Mm-hmm. And then if we can, we want to look good naked. Right? <laughs> they're, they're the two sayings. Looking good in clothes, I feel men can hide far superior to, to a female. Mm. Um and I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. So if you are uh, an overweight female, it will definitely show more than if you were a male. I mean, like I said, going back to what I was saying before, growing up, I was fat. Mm. Like I was fat. Like pictures with my top off that I've taken back in the day, I look back now, I was overweight. You know, a good 30 kilos heavier than I am now. You know, there's a good four stone there of fat. Yeah. And I covered it up well. You can baggy t-shirt, you yeah. can baggy jeans. You don't have to see the tightness at any point. But with a lot of what females wear, that's a completely different Yeah, because they're very trying to flatter your body shape. And sometimes if you're not feeling your best and you feel a bit bloated, I know certain women during their menstrual cycle, they gain a lot of water weight. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that makes you feel out of shape. I know for me, it certainly does. Even though other people don't notice it, I do. Because it's your body. You know your body well. And you know what it should look like and how it fits in clothes. And sometimes when you wear certain form-flattering items, it makes you kind of lack that confidence. But with men, I see that point, actually, because you can wear baggy things and hide it. You can lose it a lot easier. Yeah. And therefore, the the spotlight is taken off that and it's more directed towards females, which doesn't make it fair. Yeah. But it's the reality of how a society, most of us do dress or want to appear, you know. But it's also, like, with social media... And also, like, the whole body image issues when it comes to men, social pressures. Now we're in this kind of world where everything's glossy. Like, you know, you look at Love Island and all the men there are, like, ripped, you know, tanned, white teeth, full head of hair. And, you know, some guys have early male pattern baldness. Mm -hmm. I know my younger brother, he's developed it even though my elder brother's got full head of hair and he it does he he's affected by it because he talks about it a lot yeah and he's always looking for new solutions like he was talking about getting hair plugs in turkey or something but it's just like where did this come from like i obviously i don't think if a guy's bald he's unattractive but for him because he's so young and like he looks at my elder brother and thinks he's got full of head head of hair it there's that issue as well not just the whole body but the way you look as well. 100%. And obviously social media, you only see the good parts. Mm. And I know, you know, so many people have said that before. This isn't, you know, anything new that we're saying here, but we're just reconfirming the facts. That mm. As you know, I'm, a, I'm on Instagram a lot. Most days I, I demonstrate a lot of my stories 
And I, I'll, I'll admit, I don't always show the horrible and the crap side of things. Yeah. I don't like there's 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 plenty of things that I decide not to show because I think well, I don't want people to see this. Yeah. Uh, and then when you're having a good day, you suddenly are doing 25, 30 stories on that day. So yeah, I think a big part is the misconception people think. Yeah. When they when they're viewing certain people on social media. And I like to think more like that because it's so easy to fall into that narrative of constantly comparing yourself to others. And it I think with social media kind of exacerbates that to an extent and we kind of saturate that feeling of oh we have to compare ourselves but they might be having a good day we don't know when their bad days are because they're only showing what you want to see or what you they want other people to perceive them as. So it's kind of like kind of hidden but not if you know what I mean but also the people that you're watching on social media yeah. that have those physiques that you are you know jaw dropping physiques whether it's a female or a male mm. whether they are you know in the fitness industry as a bodybuilder or a physique competitor of what, of some kind or they just do photo shoots whatever it is I I know a lot of those sort of type of people now doing what I do mm. right they're not all happy yeah and and this this is this is one of the big issues that people assume, oh, look at him, look at her. They've got the physique that, you know, as society, you sort of dream to have. Yeah. And I know a few people that have physiques like that, that are really quite impressive. They're not happy with their physiques yeah. as much as they should be. So whether you have a bad physique, yeah, you're overweight, or you have an incredible physique, most of us still have that issue with how we self-rationalise of how we're looking with ourselves. So really the root cause of it is fixing the mental well-being and the mindset. I think, I think, I don't think you're ever going to fix it, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I think what you can do is just make... Improvements. Get just, yeah, getting everyone to be aware that pretty much everyone has got an issue with how they look and feel, mm. whether they are an athlete or, or not. There, there are the occasional people, obviously, that just, they don't have that, but... The vast majority, from my experience, yeah, whether they're good or bad, they they have an issue with how they how they look, and that's yeah. I think making everyone aware of that is is very important. Very yeah, I hundred percent agree. It kind of follows up to this next point, where in a society where just about everyone is on social media, with young people disproportionately using Instagram, being bombarded with images and opinions, I can't help but feel it's creating unhealthy body comparisons. So this is what I was saying before about like you're always constantly comparing to what they kind of putting out there when they're feeling confident and happy in that kind of moment which ultimately can cause body dysmorphia have you personally encountered this in your work and how would you help young men to counter some of these pressures so i know if there's a there's a handful of people that i know whether they're clients or friends where they've actually just taken a step away from social media altogether Mm. Or the people that they're following, they have unfollowed them. Not because they dislike them, but because it's not good for their mental health. Yeah. And the way that, you know, their body dysmorphia is maybe getting worse because of that. Because if you are... it's a, How regularly do we pick up our phones and just pop on Instagram? Yeah. It's quite scary when you actually think about yeah, it. Yeah, a it's, lot. <laughs> it's, it's, it's terribly, terribly worrying how often we do it. And if you were, if your feed is just filled up, with people that you aspire to be. Are you, there's an argument that that's great. Of course it is. But on the flip side, there's also an argument that that's damaging you every time that you're having a look on that. So I have actually, over the last year, I've unfollowed a lot of people. People that I, people that I like, people that I love. But 
for me, I don't need to see it all the time. Yeah. Because I like to try and do my best to compare myself with myself, which yeah. is why I'm doing what I'm doing at the moment with my own fitness journey. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, actually, it's a good tip to have because I notice when I come off social media and I have a, not like a long, long break, but say like a, a week or so, I do feel a lot of mental clarity because it's less noise. It can mm-hmm. be so noisy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it, pictures th- are noisy. Yeah. Pictures, videos, you know, it's just, it's, it's it can be a bit too much. And I think just having a small or short detox, however long or short you prefer, I think it's quite a good thing. 100%. So that'd be a, that'd be a big, big top tip for me. Take yourself away from it. Do you find now, like, because you, you're incredibly fit now, like you're absolutely ripped. Like, obviously this isn't a video, so you can't really see Leo. But having said that, this is the first time in my life that I have actually been ripped. Yeah. Right. So people look at me and they, and they sort of think, oh, you, you're, you look good. And I think, yes, thank you very much. But I haven't felt like this before, really. This yeah. is the first time I'm really experiencing this, which is really quite strange in 29 years to, to be happy so you actually are because i was going to say because you're you're looking really trim at the moment and you're very ripped and you've worked very hard for that physique are there times where you feel like oh i could be doing better does does that trigger some sort of body dysmorphia when you're on instagram and you're like oh this guy's got this i need to be doing better like does that accelerate something within you so i say i'm happy which i am yeah there's no lie there i'm very very proud of what i've done and what i'm doing but i still question myself every day to be better and I ask myself why and it is a mixture of everything that we've already spoken about mm. what what more I sort of question myself what more do I want but realistically why do I need to be any leaner than I am now what value is that going to offer me yeah it's not my every clothes item that I put pick on that I put on now sorry just fits perfectly yeah whether it's a baggy look or a tight look I don't have to feel conscious I can go swimming and i know that i look great i can train and i feel amazing like I, I don't i can have a weekend where my food intake is slightly higher and my food quality isn't great and it's not really going to be damaging come a monday morning mm. so why do i still not always feel really happy and that's it's a question that i actually i don't think the answer is as easy as just black and white there's a do lot you think of you're a little bit of perfectionist though because i'm a little bit perfectionist. yeah i think maybe it's that yeah i think obviously doing what i do mm. And being in this photo shoot prep that I've been in now for 26 weeks, I think that you have this idea and this vision of what you're going to look like at the end. Yeah. And you put yourself on a pedestal that you're going to look as good as anyone can look. Yeah. And coming into the final stages, I, I should, I am, well, I am really proud of where I am, but there's like, there's always that could I, if I had another few weeks, could I look better? And sometimes it's like, no, not really. You couldn't really look any better. Yeah. Because you, you are who you are. Your your structure is where you are. You have the muscle you have. Yeah. There's no real fat on you. This is who you are. That's Be a happy. really good point, actually, because I read somewhere, because some women are like, oh, I, they want the Victoria's Secret workout to be this ultra-ripped, skinny, long, lean body that fits underwear, like bikinis, seamlessly. But there was this article that I was reading. If everyone did the same workout as, ev- like, say, your fitness guru that you look up to, you're still not going to get the same results because your body is different. Your genetics, your kind of bone structure is different. Yeah, genetics is a massive 
So, for example, if I did, for example, if my producer Sam did the same workout as you, he might not necessarily have the same physique as you because his body is different. That's what I think people should really clarify. Yeah, 100%. Because there's this really bad misconception, especially on social media, like, oh, if you do this, you'll get my body. But no, your body is your body. The reason, if that was the case, everyone in the world would have the same body. Exactly. If they followed one fitness guru that they looked up to. Mm -hmm. But I think what's really imperative when it comes to people like you, like fitness and personal trainers, to like tell people, you know, your body is yours and you may become toned, you might become leaned and ripped, but it's not necessarily going to be the exact mould of this person you look up to because their genetics, their bone structure and shape and like the curves they have in certain places are completely different. Exactly. And that is something that people don't necessarily think about. Yeah. They think, oh, if I just get ripped... I'm going to look like him. Yeah. But then how weird would the world be? Everyone would be looking the same but if it, they yeah, did the same it, workout. Like, I sort of think to myself, uh, like sitting here now, I feel, I do genuinely feel great, right? And for me personally, because I struggled for so many years and I know how oh, crap it felt to not feel great, mm. that's why I'm doing this for me and that's my why, right? So when I have a, a, yeah. a client or whomever it may, I always be very clear, why do you want something? And is your why strong enough? Yeah. And I don't mean, I want to lose fat. Or, you know, we all, we know that. We all want to lose a bit of fat and we all want to look a bit better. Yeah. But why do you want to do it? So that's very important, having a very strong and meaningful why that enables you to push on. And also exercise in general is supposedly meant to help release endorphins mm-hmm. and the positive chemicals that make you feel good. So I know there are times when I feel anxious and if I go for a long walk or a run or something, it does help mental clarity so i can see the kind of yin and yang with physical exercise and mental health i i genuinely i was having a chat with a client this morning about this i the first the main reason i exercise is for my mind not because how it makes me look mm. it, it really isn't because gaining muscle is a long long process right so if you just had a couple of really good months in the gym you're not necessarily going to look dramatically different yeah losing fat that's that that is quicker and you can there's more of a notable difference yeah. but that's mainly done with your nutrition and output let alone you know not so much your actual your training so yeah no 100% agree with you on that one in this podcast series as with the last series we've been championing mental health how do you think physical exercise contributes to mental well-being and could you describe your daily routine daily routine at the moment well for the whole of 2021 has been very, yeah it's been it's been very um very structured because obviously i've been doing this photo shoot prep yeah so um you know for me to be in a position where i'm sitting here like sort of 14 kilos of fat down yeah um that's taken nothing nothing short than than hard work and, and structure that's yeah. been to play so also being a dad to my primrose who's three and a half oh cute <laughs> the structure's quite so you definitely need a routine though because you're yeah, juggling as that as, as well. So we're up not not really early. I mean she's not a five o'clocker, but she she likes to wake up at six and we're we're having a jump on the bed and we're singing songs. So there's no laying. So yeah. for me I'm always awake, eyes are open at six. I may drift in and out to seven if my partner lets me, if she's in a good mood. <laughs> um and then it's coffee at home. We we bought ourselves a a barista express machine because obviously locked down everything we, we couldn't bring the starbucks here. back home yeah so we bought we bought a, the, the coffee home which is really lovely um and then usually it's it's a couple of clients in the morning and then after that most days it's 
my personal training. Um, and then I will do my cardio after that. Home, I'll have my lunch, which is the same as it is every day at the moment. Um, followed by usually a little bit of daddy time, a bit of computer work. Then we've got usually meal two. Back to work in the evening for, say, two or three clients. Do the walk in between. And then we're home on the sofa. So it's quite straightforward to yeah. And a little bit boring, I'll admit. It's actually very <laughs> structured, but it's a good thing that it is because you have a little girl. So yeah. you need to, you know, prioritise that as well, being exactly. a dad. How is that as well with your mental health being a dad? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, incredible. Genuine. Has it I mean, given you those endorphins? Has it made you feel good? I'm yeah. sure it's very rewarding, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I, it's fine, I, I'm videoing everything, right? So I've got thousands of videos of me and her and my partner from when she was a baby right up to today and she loves watching the videos back on my phone and on the laptop so she always goes can we watch videos when I was a baby so we watch them back and I look at myself and I and I'm watching these videos of me playing with her and I know that I wasn't happy I can remember yeah. playing with her and not feeling happy when I play with her now when I go for a walk with her now wherever it is I'm happy with myself and that definitely trans translates over to to her yeah. as well 100% so children absorb a lot of energy yeah and and, and for mm. my partner as well I am a happier person now day to day it's little things right it's the little things that no one else will really understand getting up in the morning and not putting a t-shirt on before I get out of bed genuinely making a coffee with just in my pants or whatever yeah having my top off to some people that's just like right I don't understand but for me it's, I've always, even with myself, it's been this cover up. Yeah. This cover up. But now it's, no. I You're embracing to, yourself. Don't need to cover yeah. up. I don't, you know, I'd have a coffee, I'd have a coffee with my top off. It's like, who, Leo Perry doing that? What's, <laughs> what's going on? But it's those little things that they all add up. Those little 1%. Yeah. And when you've suddenly got this 100%, you then become a new version of you, which is, yeah, thank goodness who I've, who I've finally become. Yeah. Sounds like you're doing incredibly well. Trying to. <laughs> um, why, in your opinion, is it important for men to speak out more about the issues they face? <sighs> I feel like a good point you made earlier is men are good at hiding it. Yeah, I think so. That's I it. think the internalizing can ha actually make men combust a bit. Mm -hmm. If you if you hold, it's the same with everything, though, right? If you hold something in for long enough, as you just said, at, at some point you will burst. Yeah. So there has to be a bit of give and take. So I think I'm quite fortunate to be surrounded by a really good group of friends, um, but equally a really good bunch of clients. And a lot of my clients have become good friends with me now because we're in close proximities with each other, speaking about our like, bodies and their, their yeah. confidence issues. And you, you open up in other areas that you wouldn't usually do. Um, and I, because I do feel that I'm an individual that people can feel quite relaxed around. Yeah. And I, and I want to listen if someone wants to talk and I want to give my opinions. Yeah. I may not always be the correct one to give to some people but but to me i feel that they're valid i think that opens up a lot of dialogue between certain people and therefore i've seen the benefits of speaking out so yeah hiding away and shying away should be something that we never do yeah because i did it for so many years and i know that it makes things worse yeah definitely definitely not better i feel like um I'm glad you have like a group of people you can open up to i think that's another important point do you have to establish the right people you can trust and open up to mm -hmm. and let those walls come down because it's nothing worse than showing your emotions to people you're not 100% sure about because you need to be comfortable enough to 100%. share these vulnerabilities. I've got, I've got a friend of mine and he or she, I won't give it away, just out of respect, but they, 
they struggle and have struggled for a long, long time with their body dysmorphia, mental health, yeah. the way they look, whatever you want to, however you want to label it. Very, very similar to me. Very similar to me. And this person's very outgoing. This person is a, a great, a great person, but they struggle and have struggled for so long. And they've done exceptionally well with the amount of weight that they have lost. Yeah. And they do look good now. Yeah. They look great. They look great in their clothes. But this individual wants to look good naked, as I said earlier, yeah. right? And they, they, this person will say to me, when am I going to get it? I'm so excited to get there. Because essentially I'm, say, like a year in front of where they are in regards to what they want to get in yeah. comparison. And I say, you can get there because I've done it. You just have to keep digging deep. But having that person that I can speak to, not just for me, but for them as well, yeah, massive help. So, yeah, speak out, talk to people. You know, you'll be very surprised. There are people that are maybe extremely close to you that you don't realise how much they need to have those conversations for them and for you that could benefit you long term. Yeah. So ask questions, be there for people, and it can it can really help. That's a very good point. Yeah, very good. Um, not everyone can afford gym membership. So what simple exercise or exercises would you recommend that anyone can do to maintain their fitness at home, especially during lockdown, mm. where it has been so difficult, people may be struggling to get the motivation to go back to the gym, not feeling so confident. What could you suggest? The lockdown's been a nightmare because... For so many people, they've worked from home, yeah. say, in their bedroom, and then they suddenly have to turn that bedroom into a gym. <laughs> so psychologically, it's, hang on, this is where I work, this is where I sleep. Everything and is in now, one place. Yeah, and I think the first lockdown, it was fine. We had the good weather. It was all a bit new, the whole experience. And people, you know, even though we were all very worried at that point, we were. I think we were all enjoying a bit of time off, a bit of downtime. I didn't think as it came into this second, well, I did, you know, the proper second one, but the third one, January 2021 up to... I think it, it wore everyone down at that point. I think everyone was very fed up at that point, especially because mm. the weather was so crap. It yeah. got to a point where the home workouts took a big dip yeah. from my experience and what I saw. I'm, you know, take me out of the equation. I'm very fortunate I have my own place. So for me, it hasn't hindered me at all. And I'm very, very fortunate for that. But there were a lot of people that just second time around, they couldn't get into it. Yeah. working from home I had so many clients who just said I just can't do this but then I do think a lot of people go to the gym to jump on a treadmill jump on a cross trainer yeah. a bike a rower that's just aerobic work right that's, we can do that outside we're so, lucky because we live by the beach exactly there's so many great places you can do it outside so, you know so for, for me personally especially that we've been cooped up for so long and if people have an issue with going into the gym and they jump on the bike or they like to have a run why are we not just investing in some running shoes or a bike and you've got the open air to experience it with? It's not going to get any more benefit from doing it on a cross trainer yeah. than you would do going outside. Um, so that that's one thing to consider. But obviously on the flip side, if you're looking to go to the gym to work on your physique from a, from a muscle building standpoint, the muscle strength, then yes, there's obviously this issue between home workouts and having enough weights and understanding get the baked beans out exactly i mean <laughs> however however easy that is unfortunately that's not going to do a lot right yeah so there were a lot of people um that were selling this this sort of dream that you can grab the baked beans shall we say and grab the water bottles and, and start lifting and stimulate tissue <laughs> not gonna lie i did do that during lockdown oh you did <laughs> oh dearie me but then i invested <laughs> in lightweights just there to put go. that out there. There you go. That only lasted like a week or so. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Not too much time wasted. No. But no, like gym memberships, I do feel that 
I've always thought that, that for what they are, if you use them regularly enough, they're quite low. However, I do understand that some people don't have the financial backing to do it until JD gyms popped up. Yeah. So JD gyms, I think, what did they, they took over another mainstream gym. I think for the, after lockdown, they were like a fiver for the first month. It's amazing. Yeah, you can't, you can't beat it, really. Yeah. Um, and then I think once you decide you want to become a member, it goes to something like 10 Yeah. So I sort of question 10 or 20 quid. So I, I, I do, you know, I do understand that some people are very hard up for, for cash, but I think most of us could find an additional 10 or 20 pounds a month for £2.50 a week or so, £3 a week. If, if you're really going to use it and it's going to give you that that mental health yeah. break that you that you need so much. I think the gym world is growing now and there's so many options and there's so many cheap kind of deals you can find out there. So mm. I think it's just about scouring through and finding the right membership for you. Exactly. And, and equally following people like moi on, the, on the <laughs> YouTube or Instagram or something and you can, you can pick up tips. You know, I'm always sharing things that you can do. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Speaking of tips... Maintaining motivation is a key issue in fitness and in general, you know, productiveness. Do you have any motivation tips you can give our listeners? Motivation for what? Give me an example. Um, So motivation for working out, um, being productive. Just overall fit, right? Yeah. So motivation is this great thing at the beginning. (laughs) It's there. We can all see it and feel it. And then before long, disappears. So motivation doesn't really isn't really the driving force that pushes you forward it's more likely than not from my experience the results that you're seeing along the way which is the driving force yeah so when someone starts with me motivation's high cool let's use that and let's let's have an incredible first few weeks or first month or so then you get into the real nitty-gritty of it all where it becomes the new norm yeah you're still not there but then you have to literally focus on the results you're getting and if we're not seeing the you know the pictures changing each week we're not seeing our performance in the gym improve we're not seeing the dreaded scale weight go down it deflates us it demotivates us motivation isn't there to pick us up before you know it you are questioning our experience and more likely than not giving up yeah unless you've got someone like me there who's holding your hand throughout the process right but not everyone does, and I accept that. Having a little ref pep talk. <laughs> Having a little ref pep talk, exactly. Or someone just to someone that understands way more than you do. Yeah. Guide you through the next stage to take, and psychologically how to overcome barriers. You know. I think with some people who really do lack the motivation, it is like you said, it is good to have someone there to be the driving force to mm-hmm. make you carry on. Yeah, one hundred percent. And one thing I would say is don't weigh yourself <laughs> there's a fine line between this because you've become so obsessive yeah i mean there's a fine line i mean I, I i've got sort of two opinions about it really but it always depends on the individual what they are trying to achieve and and how much of their time and effort they're giving it mm-hmm. so someone like myself over this year i've jumped to the scales every single morning yeah because what i've been doing has been so consistent that i know that scale weight is a big big driving factor that i can monitor things yeah so for me it hasn't knocked me for six because i've consistently pretty much seen it go down yeah but if you've got certain clients that do struggle with social events or just the weekends and they do tend to still have that yo-yo effect and you're trying to sort of coach them out of that and turn them into this new 2.0 version of themselves yeah then maybe jumping on the scales initially isn't a good idea because as i said before very demotivating so it's very individual to the person you've got in front of you and, and, and learning a little bit about them before you can suggest the right way to track things. But then equally, someone could be doing very well, but their scale weight isn't going down 
but we don't know it yeah. because we're not we're not monitoring it. And then before you know it, you've lost a bit of time because you haven't really tracked one of the important variables. So there's a fine line to to have for that argument. But yeah, very individualised how you go about using it. Yeah, 100%. I think also when it comes to um, like the whole body image and finding the motivation to make themselves feel good and if they want to lose it, they they can. If, that, if, that, if that's something that makes them happy... For example, there's one person who you say, you know, for example, is on the heavier side, who doesn't necessarily want to lose the weight and is very happy. Surely we should respect that as well because mm-hmm. they're happy in their mental oh, state. I am. Um, I envy people that are just happy with how they are, <laughs> even if they are like maybe a little bit overweight. Like, yeah. How incredible. As yeah. long as they're not dangerously overweight and it's not actually really unhealthy. Yeah. Like, who cares? Yeah, like, at least they're happy. There's you, that yeah, mental like, if clarity. Have, if, if you have a bit of a stomach you're a bit love handles you know you got a chunky thighs big bum and you're happy yeah genuinely and you're not like increasingly gaining weight to an unhealthy place i envy those people that are just happy yeah good (laughs) good for you like be a little bit overweight like a little bit overweight's fine right there's just there's a there's a fine line between no no you you're you're massively unhealthily overweight now and i think a big part is obviously the, the the food you are consuming so you know we're talking about this person whoever they are we'll call them person a they're say two stone overweight, but they're happy. But they, overall, they have a good diet. Yeah, right? they have their fruits, they have their veggies, they have an adequate amount of protein. Then good for them. They they walk, they stay active, great. But then equally, you have the same person. Let's call them person B. They're overweight by a couple of stone, but their diet is horrific. Yeah. Then I sort of question, right? What? It, that, that's let's be happy but healthy. Yeah. If we're going to be a little bit overweight, that's yeah. that's where I'm at because I've I've been both. Yeah. I've been overweight and healthy and overweight and unhealthy. Yeah. And I know which one is more important. So, yes, having the clarity on those two, really. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Leo. Um, Thank you so much for coming on today. I think we're coming towards the end of today's episode. Thanks for having me. We'll attach your handle in the episode's description. So if anyone wants to check you out and see some of your motivational tips and workouts, they can reach you. At Leo Parry Coach on Instagram, yeah. Um, Yeah, thank you so much. Right, thanks for having me. That's all we have time for now. Tune in next time when I'll be joined by the multi-talented Sam Hammond, a.k.a. Vom Cruz, from the It's Your Funeral podcast to discuss toxic masculinity. Don't forget to subscribe. Recorded and produced by the AV Club Podcast Production.